Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the entire key of the universe. Oh, AKA shit. A.K.A. Will, back with another edition of the 4th Man Podcast. Will, you've been active lately, man. There's oh, well. Stuff going on. Thank God. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning back in to episode 26. This will be our final episode of the 2019 year and our first year of the fourth man podcast. So what do you hear? Applause there. Pat on the back for us. Let's um, I think Anthony prepared a montage of our best moments. Let's go back and listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Not, wow. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, no montage here. Definitely don't have any best moments. We might have some like some mediocre moments for sure. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry, we'll have that montage for you in, in maybe a year or two. <laughs> when we'll we'll I'll edit this episode and add it in there, and we'll, it'll be all good. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find the show on Twitter or on Instagram, it's at Fourth Man Pod. If you want to find our personal handles, obviously you know Big Three News. Mine is at a underscore Siggy. And yeah, this is going to be a great final episode, mostly in regards to the news that's that's happened since our last episode. Had some people already declare for the draft. We're going to talk to Rob Hyde of Tri-State, which is going to be dope. I can I can guarantee that it's going to be dope. And we're going to talk about basically maybe some of our wish lists of who we want to see join the Big Three. I think we've talked about it endlessly, but we can wish one more time to Santa Claus. Write it down one more time on our list. So, yeah, good stuff going on there. Let's talk about the first guy who I think – I guess we can say tentatively said he would be willing to join the big three, but Kendrick Perkins to ball hogs. Is that a thing? Whoa. Is that a thing? Will? I mean, it certainly looks like it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Brian Scalabrini, obviously everyone knows the, the goat ball hogs captain on his podcast, Scallon pal invited Kendrick Perkins on as a guest and then recruited him on the show, not only on the show, but during an Instagram post, does Kendrick Perkins to the Ballhogs push this team to playoff or like playoff team? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, playoff contender. I mean, maybe you know. I mean, hey. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, I just think, I don't know. I mean, Kendrick Perkins dropped out of his captainship last year because he said he wasn't in shape, <laughs> and then and then he then he's been going on ESPN more. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you got to see what type of shape he's in. Um, I mean, obviously Scal, I guess, would know better. Um, I mean, he has plenty of time to get in shape. So if he's serious about this, then you know, I, I listen. I think they said it on the podcast. If you go back and look at the clip. They said Scal's just sort of looking for a body to defend Greg Oden. <laughs> and if Kendrick, per- if Kendrick Perkins can be that, if he can be Greg Oden. Then yeah, I mean it'll be great, but I mean you and I know ball hogs need a lot more help than that. Yeah, no, they they certainly do, and I think it actually 
spark a rivalry between Bahawks and aliens, you know, especially if Kendrick were to drop out as co-captain and join another team. However, that being said, yeah, they definitely need a couple more things than just a big body. Like they've had, a, they have a big body and Will McDonald was probably, if not like their best player, their second best player this season. So, um, We'll see. It should definitely be interesting to see if Kendrick does come back. He said his jumper's still wet. So, you know, we'll just see if, if that's true or not. If he does stick to his commitment, he, it seems like he's very invested in what he's doing as an analyst, as, as an occasional broadcaster. So, uh, you know, the, the big three, it does give you opportunities. We obviously saw Ryan Hollins play for Aliens and be on ESPN and still be able to, to do both. So, definitely... You know, 2019 was it was the it. summer of Ryan Hollins. It <laughs> yeah, really was. seriously. It's, I I don't even know if he still works for ESPN. I'm, I'm I, haven't I haven't seen, seen him on. Him much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> he had like that stint on first take where like I feel like yeah. every time he opened his mouth it went viral. Yeah. Went, be it good or bad, <laughs> it went viral. Yeah. And then and then he was just gone. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Yeah, all of a sudden he was just poof, gone. It was like Stephen A's back after the the summer of him taking off just first take. He still has twenty to thirty other duties at ESPN, but first take was just too demanding on his body. But now he's back. Ryan Holland is gone and and non-existent. So let me ask you a question. While we're talking about on ESPN, I was thinking of this the other day, and it relates to basketball. Where is Michelle Beadle? You know, where has she been? <laughs> Is she still with the company? Is she still with ESPN? I don't think she's on the NBA countdown anymore. No, I haven't. I haven't seen her in months. Hmm. That you know what? We'll take it to the web. I can do anything at the the tip of my fingers, and a computer in front of me. Still says she's a sports reporter and host of ESPN. Oh, nope. And then I see behind ESPN's decision to move on from Michelle Beadle. So that was back in August. Apparently, she hasn't been with the company since August. I mean, Jesus. But like, I felt like they phased her out pretty well. I mean, we didn't really realize it. I would feel like it was kind of just like a band aid. Yeah, I think so too. And I feel like they really made her move to different situations so much that she had to continuously adjust to what kind of what what right. show she was doing or what medium she was covering or you know whatever it might be. But they should have never split up Sports Nation. Yeah, that was that was such a good was, show. Yeah, no, that's facts. I I think that was just Max Kellerman, Marcellus ESPN. Wiley, Michelle Mar- Beadle. Marcellus Wiley is, is an underrated underground goat of ESPN. Very underrated. He was hilarious. He, he was brought, so funny. I mean, I don't feel like anyone brings as much humor as he does. Maybe Dan Levitar. Dan Levitar's great, but for in a different way. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. But even, even but, highly questionable. Like, yeah, highly I feel questionable. Like ever since Bomani left, highly questionable. You know, the it, the consistency is just all over the place. Well, that's just ESPN. I feel like I think like it's just a panic mode right now. I mean, yeah, with this day and age of digital media, you know, it's just anything to get us anything that get us views, more clout here, please. I mean, like I like I turned on like listen, like I was a listen. Let me tell you something. Coming home from school in like junior high and like high school, it would you'd come home, it would be like uh, Sports Nation and then Highly Questionable immediately after, and those were like those are the two shows that like got me through it. 
I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, that that was my jam after school. No, um, no, I can't disagree with that. Like, I remember um, I used to log on. I used to go to the computer lab because I, I had, like, first period study hall. And I'd fill out all the polls for the Sports Nation polls on ESPN.com. Um, Wait, you weren't then, doing schoolwork? No, no, no. <laughs> and um, and then uh, and then I'd go home and I'd see the results of the polls and I'd be like, "Wow, this is crazy!" I, my I, things that I'm doing online are are affecting real life. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know who the, the staples of ESPN are are the guys from PTI. Yeah, that's which is crazy to me. That's the crazy part to me. I think they're the I mean, Tim Duncan of ESPN. Yeah, legit. I they're mean, like so good and consistent, you forget that they're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would just be weird if we turn on the TV one day and realize that we'd be like, "Where's PTI at? Where's right. uh, <laughs> Where's like, Mike I and know, Tony?" I know, like one day they will retire, and they're both going to retire together. One day will be like the last PTI show, and I'm be like, "What?" PTI has been around for how long? The, the, <laughs> I know it's gonna be like when we're way older, telling our our children about it. I think, <laughs> I think they would have. I think they kind of have like the rivalry of a ball hogs and aliens. If Kendra Perkins were to join ball hogs, I mean, if I'm if I'm aliens, I'm I'm trying to not get caught up in that. <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, like when UConn did the civil conflict. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's like what that is. Yeah, that's like that's a very good comparison. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, back to Kendrick Perkins after our, our ESPN sidebar. Um, we'll see if he actually does join the Ball Hogs and the Big Three this year. But I wouldn't have my hopes set super high on him joining just because we know in the past that he has he's ghosted us. I guess he told us, but he definitely ditched us. Yeah. Um. Other guys who are joining the draft. So it was announced today that, or it was announced yesterday, right? This, so we're recording this on Wednesday, December 11th. It was announced yesterday on his birthday that Romeo Travis would join the combine again. Now, he's been in the combine in the past, right? Um, He was in the draft pool, but he didn't attend the combine last year. Okay. So I think that's going to be a big game changer for him this year. Yes. Obviously, Romeo Travis is well known for being a teammate of LeBron James in high school. But he was, he's been balling overseas, um, and you've pointed that out well, Will, on your own social media accounts. Romeo Travis, you feel like this is the year that he is kind of going to actually be in the draft pool and be drafted? Yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down to if he attends the Combine or not. And he said that. He was like, I feel like I would have been drafted if I went to the Combine. Because if, if you just look at his numbers, wherever he's been, uh, wherever he's gone, they've won. You know, which which isn't yeah. a coincidence. Like in a, any country, any league, every team that he's on seems to go on these championship, uh, these these runs. Uh, so you know, I think like we might be seeing the next coming of like a David Hawkins, which which was very cool. Yeah, that would be super cool, and I would even you know I would even scale it a little bit further up, you know, because I feel like David Hawkins was a little bit more unknown. Um, obviously, right. Romeo Travis is a little bit more recognition. Uh, because LeBron, you know, he because he was a teammate of LeBron's, but you know, it's it's cool. I would like to see Romeo Travis make his own. Obviously, he's made his own path in professional basketball, but like you know, finally be playing uh, on a professional league where it gives him that platform to really continue to go down that route that most people seem to like forget. Like this dude can ball, and he's been balling, you know, not just alongside LeBron James, you know. So yeah, no doubt. 
I think that'd be super cool. He's one of the guys who decided he will be back in the draft pool and, and, and go to the combine this year. So, you know, fingers crossed that hopefully we can make him and be able to watch him. A couple other guys that said that they are have declared for the big three season four draft pool. One was Josh Dollard, a former Auburn alum. And then the other was Mo Charlo, D-League teammate of the late Andre Emmett. Interested to see how those guys translate to it. I feel like in the past we haven't always gotten – it's always been prominent names, right? And and not no disrespect to them at all, but, like, it's always been a splash alert. This guy's joining the big three, right? You know, yeah. where now we're seeing guys come out on their own saying, I'm joining this league, you know, whatever it takes. So yeah, well, what do I you kind of think, think – okay, yeah. okay. I think I can kind of give an answer to that. The reason why we haven't been seeing like splash alerts is because um, the big three, technically, as per the, the the rules of the league, the 2020 big three draft pool isn't open yet. That's true. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like if like LaMelo Ball came out tonight and said, I'm declaring for the NBA draft. Well, technically, you know I mean, you're that's, that, true. that's not open. Yeah, you're right. So, okay. so like, and that's why, like, on all my posts, I like to be very careful with the wor- with the wording. They intend to declare, yeah, because they haven't technically declared yet because th- it's not ready yet. So that's why we're not seeing anything like official from the league. Well, you're making um, your own splash alerts, right? I'm making my own splash alerts. So these guys are being a little bit early. Um, so I'm sort of kind of taking advantage of that. Um, but yeah, that's why. And which is another element of why it makes it super interesting because last season we wouldn't have dreamed of hearing guys who wanted to play before they were even accepting names now. And we kind of touched on it a little bit in the Robert Hyde interview. Now there's a ton of guys, you know what I mean? Who we haven't even heard of who we have heard of, but they haven't made it public yet. The draft pool for this season is going to be insane. I mean, nuts. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'd be interested to see to go back, uh, I guess, through your Twitter account, like, even go back to this date of last year and just see. I mean, I don't even think you made any announcements and of guys declaring this early on. I mean. No, definitely not. So that's pretty cool to see that more people are, are I mean, for one, to see the type of moves that the big three made and the type of jump and growth they've they've yeah. had in season three. But, but two, to see guys more interested and in wanting to join, not – not only like big prominent names that you know we tend to get carried away with and talk about, but also you know guys who have played professionally or have played collegiately or have played at some scale and are wanting to give it a shot because those are the guys I almost think makes the league more interesting, you know, in a sense can make the more can make the league more interesting. Let, let me put it that way. Yeah. For uh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see what sort of happens moving forward because, you know, uh, I feel like if the draft class becomes too big, you know, is that sort of going to be a catalyst for change? Or if the league already sees all the names of the people and when they meet next month, um, are they going to start sort of getting a little bit more stricter of who can, you know, I think they should expand the rosters. Yeah, That's, I think I think that would be the simplest solution. Six to eight, I think, would yeah. be ideal if they were willing to do that, and maybe expand the draft as well. Make it a make it a five round draft. But 
you know, we'll see. I don't know if that's gonna if that's something they're gonna be able to cater to because it I makes don't... it too difficult to expand. You know, because you know, obviously them expanding to twelve teams is a lot in itself, but then no, expanding the rules a little bit more, yeah, it does make it difficult. So, it yeah, we'll I mean, see. I agree with you. They can't keep expanding teams because then it would just be getting silly. You know, that's true. Um, I I think that I think they I think they did expand at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, just as, I mean, imagine if we only had what was it the original eight teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, especially with last year and the competitiveness yeah. that was brought to the table. I mean, it would have been tough. I mean, really difficult to be able to to not only draft guys, but, you know, know which guys were going to be able to, like, play. I don't know. It just would have been tough to have that big of a draft pool and only eight teams at the right. end of the day. No, so. you're 100% right. And there would have been guys who, I mean, you know, you wonder, you know. Like, you think of guys that were picked later in the draft. Like, I don't know off the top of my head. But, like, when was, like, Mike Taylor taken? Wasn't he sort of taken in, like, third the tail end of the— Yeah, third round. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, you wonder, would is he taken? You know? Do, yeah, is he at all. Overlooked? You know? And, and what a shame that would have been. Yeah, no doubt. You know? I, yeah, and I feel like you don't want to, like, discredit or turn anybody down that wants to join your league. I mean, obviously, right. through a draft, that's going to happen. Like, but— for a, a league that's trying to give people a platform and then you're turning them away. I mean, that's not the impression you want to give off. No, not so, at all. Especially at this stage. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I think even if you expand the roster, maybe just one spot. I mean, just – and that's essentially just because you expect an injury. Like, that's the worst part yes. of the game. But at that point, we've seen – at this point, we've seen teams and we've seen injuries to happen. And maybe, maybe it's – so far as just to add an IR spot, not yeah. ne- like not necessarily making it to where, you know, you're ha- you have to, you have to have seven people, but just like an IR spot where if someone's injured or going to be out that game, you can place that person and then add maybe someone on the team or have somebody like, I think that would be yeah. a more likely scenario. Yeah, The way I would treat it is like treat it almost like a two way. If there is no G league. Okay. So, like, like you kind of tell them, like, you know, and it takes some cooperation from the people that do sign in that. But you're like, all right, you're, or kind of like a practice squad type of thing. Like, we own your rights. If we need you, we'll call you. If not, just stay in shape and we'll let you know when we're ready. Because, like, kind of like the guy that that we're going to talk to later, Robert Height, that was kind of like what happened to him this year. He was undrafted. yeah. Yeah. You know, like when the NBA, when they draft people and then they they have the rights to them, but they're still designated. Yeah, the Euro stash. Yeah, the Euro stash. I think that's the best way to put it. You yeah, know, it's just kind of like a like a like a couch stash. Yeah. Like like, <laughs> a like couch stash. Yeah, like like we'll call you if we need you, but you're not going to anybody else but us. Yeah. In the meantime, just sit on the couch. Right. You're couch stash. Yeah. <laughs> And, but uh, I mean, or like just like anything else, or then maybe you make it flexible. Like if a team wants to run with an eight-man rotation, you know, sure, like like knock yourself out. Well, you can make this really interesting in the sense of what if it was like kind of a you said practice squad. What if it was kind of like other teams could sign a player off their off their I, staff? Yeah. You can make it really interesting like that. I mean, now we're just going off off the rails here a little bit, but. Not something that I would, you know, if I was in that leadership team, not something that I would hes- like hesitate to discuss because it'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, 
at the end of the day, there's going to be so many guys who are trying to get into this league. Yeah. That there's going to be at least there's it's inevitable it's inevitable. There's going to be at least one or two guys, probably much more than that, who should be playing in the league who aren't going to. So it'll be interesting to see and you know, they know that. So it's going to be interesting to see how the league tries to resolve that. No doubt. And it's only going to make it more difficult because two guys from Three-Headed Monsters last year, Larry Sanders, Mario Chalmers, have both stated that they are returning for the big three. It should be interesting to see where where they land. I mean, I think you know their goal is to get back on the same team. But It looked like it, and right? I think a, I think a lot of guys are hoping to do that, but I don't think that's going to be as realistic as people hope for. I mean, unless guys are just really picking the same teams as last year. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that either. I mean, I I don't know. No offense to anybody else, but, like, when you're playing, like, even just playing, like, pickup, like, it's fun to play with your guy sometimes, but it's fun to mix it up too, you know? Yes, no, absolutely. So I just, you know, I'm not necessarily saying the three-headed monsters didn't work last year, but what if there's somebody different who's added to the league? What if there's someone they really like in the combine over another player? I mean, it's no disrespect to anybody. It's just kind of like our job is to form the best team. We're the captain. We have, you know, there's a coach in place, and their job is to form the best team regardless of, you know, what who it may be. So um, it will be interesting. I don't, you know, Larry Sanders was a late addition last year and ended up going number three. And no disrespect. Late addition isn't day before the draft. Yeah. <laughs> Showed up but, at the combine. Well, no disrespect to him either, but I don't necessarily think he was deserving of the three. of the No. The three, but also at the same time, like, was he played enough to – be able to show his value like it's also his rookie year you know it's a yeah. big rookie year yeah and which yeah. you kind of have to treat it like you know anything else uh i mean you you look at some guys like uh like look at like a david hawkins or like really anybody and their first years are you know they're sometimes a wash yeah and their second years then like you know um like i'm trying to think of a good name off the top Someone of my head came in from their second year and really just balled yeah. Um like I mean, I, David like, Hawkins is a great example. David of that, Hawkins, I think I think is probably the best example of that. Yeah. Um, but just like anything else, like I remember talking I remember talking to Reggie Theus and and like Bivouac was all new guys. Like all new guys. That's true, yeah. And, except for Glover. Right, except for Glover. And which they didn't draft, right? They brought him in. No, they, they drafted they, him. Oh, they drafted him. Okay. Yeah. So I think then they drafted him because I think they're like we need at least one guy yeah, with I think that's three experience. Um, but, and he basically said, and he was like, listen, he was like, you know, we're just getting accustomed to the league. He's like, especially in like late game situations where you would normally foul the guy, you know, now you're like, I'll just let him take the layup just because of the way that the rules are different. Yeah. And so like, I'm really like, that's a team that I'm really excited to see next year. Like, uh, like CJ Leslie, Will Bynum, Josh Smith, you know, normally guys who play well their first year play great their second year yeah no doubt and Reggie Theus is a great coach and obviously his approach to the game is is remarkable and a little bit different than everybody else's but I I really like the way he he brings his style to the game obviously Mm -hmm. so um should be interesting to see I don't I feel like Chalmers might go a little bit early now I know that I think Chalmers should go early depending on the draft pool yeah, Unless we yeah, get some I, crazy guys, but I think Chalmers should go round one. I mean, he went third round last year, and I think that had more to do with he didn't show up to the combine. Yeah. And he was playing in the Euro League. So 
we didn't like know he what... had like yeah like he had an excuse you know yeah like it wasn't like he showed up to the combine just because like i'm mario chalmers he was yeah. playing professionally overseas yeah um but i think the the high emphasis will be on on big still i probably just, just with the way they were able to I mean, some bigs were able to dominate and really take advantage of the mismatches. Well, i.e. Uh, Greg Oden, but it'll be interesting to see if, and that's a very valid point that you make. But it'll be interesting to see if kind of teams get this like Joe Johnson hysteria, where just everyone goes like ISO players. You know? Ooh, okay, that's a cool tactic. Like, everyone is just kind of like, oh, we need, um, because remember. When Trilogy won, then everyone went big. Nobody had point guards. Then Power won, and like you said, everyone was like, everybody oh, they had, everyone went big. Now, but everyone's like, but we need like a point guard. We need a facilitator. So, i.e. Mario Traumer, Will Bynum. Everyone sort of just had one point guard and all these bigs. Now, triplets come in. Triplets probably have the most dominant season in Big 3 history. Um, and it was just all off the backs of ISO ball, give Joe Johnson the rock, get the hell out of the way, have spot up shooters and rebounders to help him. So oh. it'll, it'll be interesting to see if teams try to replicate that. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a copycat league and all professional right. sports. That's an interesting thought process. I think the ISO player will depend on, I mean, one, obviously who it is, but two, I think they will need to be somewhat of a facilitator, I'm sorry, facilitator as well. I mean, Joe Johnson, obviously is a great facilitator as well as a great scorer off, off, off isolation. So definitely interesting to see if people take that approach. I can't imagine that, man, I guess, yeah, it's really just going to depend on where the draft order is. Cause I can't imagine that there's going to be that many Joe Johnson's in the draft or even. I don't know. If there'll be like one Joe Johnson in the draft. Players. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're like that many guys who are as great of isolators, but you know, in a sense, like the, in the big three, you have to be able to be a good enough isolation player, you know? A little I mean, bit. I mean, yes, there are definitely game plans and schemes where they include everybody to touch the ball at least once. But I think for the most part... No, but you're right. You have to have some type of isolation game or... Yeah. You're kind of, like, I can't... There's not a lot of guys who are just standing in the corner or standing on the floor, floor waiting for the ball, you know? Right. I think I'm more interested to see... And this might be later down the road if there's going to be those guys who are your four point shooters, you know? Yeah. You're just switching. I mean, guys from have spot tried to, spot. to be. Guys have tried to be, but not really successful yet. I feel like we've seen a couple guys, yeah, like do okay. Like I, I feel like Mike Taylor made a couple in a game last year. Yeah. Uh, Alex Scales, he's a he's a pretty good sharp shooter as well. That's another ghost ballers guy. Um, and a few more guys. Obviously, Joe Johnson led the league. But interested to see if that if that number is added a notch or takes a like a, a step up from last year. I mean, I think last year was what five or six four pointers led the way. So yeah, well, be, you see I think that. if what you're predicting is correct, which it very well might be, that everyone just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, then yeah, the the, the smaller guys are going to be pushed more and more outside. So yeah, like all right, you know what you have you have you're running a lineup of. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson, Kendrick Perkins, and uh, Will McDonald. I'm just gonna hang out and shoot three and shoot fours. Yeah, I mean you can't guard them out there on the four point line. Yeah, uh, right. Interesting thought. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm just glad that after the holiday season, we'll be a little bit closer. Yes. And hopefully everything starts picking up steam. 
for sure. And we'll start to find out maybe a few guys make make a few little splashes there. So we'll we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be interesting, but we it's cool to see going into 2020, still in 2019, that there are guys who are already envisioning themselves playing in the Big Three next year, or at least being a part of the draft class. So very cool to see. Uh, looking forward to that. Before we get to the Rob Hyatt interview, let's let's do one more thing. It is the the holiday season, so. One guy on your Christmas list. I know we've talked about this endlessly. I, I know that we continue to speculate. I know pretty much everyone who's listened to the show is probably like, yeah, they talk about this every time. So if you just want to hear speculation of who they think or want to join the league, just listen to this. But I feel like we got to talk about it one more time. Who's one guy on your list that you want to join the big three? Uh, like the guy you want the most to join the big three in season four before 2019 over. I mean, I would love. I would still love to see Mello. Man, you're. Gonna, I mean, you're shooting for the stars there. You. you it's my I'm, Christmas wish. Okay, that's fair. I'm sorry. Yes. If you if you want a dog, you'll get a dog. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mello. Okay. Um, I think for me. I think for me, it's still Zebo. I really yeah, want to see Zebo. Would be great. I feel like he's the perfect fit. I would, would love be. to see Zebo. Um, I don't know what he's doing in terms of basketball. I know his daughter plays with Kobe's daughter. Oh, I really? I think so. Is that what I saw? Or maybe they that. were playing against each other? That's kind of no. cool. I think they were playing with each other. Anyways. They probably are. I feel like they all just send their kids to the same school. <laughs> I mean, Bronny and Zaire play together. Yeah. So. And Bron- Bronny left uh, Kenny Martin's kid. To go play oh. that year. But Kenyon Martin's kid was... I thought he played in Australia. Kenyon Martin has two kids? I know he he was at least playing with... I know he was playing with a Kenyon Martin Jr. Hmm. I thought Kenyon Martin Jr. was already out of high school. I don't know. I know he, I know he at least was. Maybe he graduated and then that's why Bronny left? Maybe. Okay, that would make that would make a little bit of sense. Yeah, he initially committed to Vanderbilt, but will instead play basketball. So he's in Australia, huh? I don't know he's, if he's in he's Australia. In the NBL? I don't know. I, oh. I think that was an option when R.J. Hampton and Lamelo were going there. Gotcha. I don't, I don't even see anything on him. He was going to go to Vanderbilt, but and then he, I remember they were talk. Kenny Martin talked about some options they had, and Kenny Martin played at Sierra Canyon. He was playing at the same school. Yeah. So why would Bronny be leaving him to go to the same school he's already at? So then he must have graduated. Yeah. Okay. So it might have been Zaire and Kenny Martin were playing together. Maybe he was coming there. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Was. I don't. I don't uh, know enough about high school ball. I can't, even, I can't even keep track of these guys' parents. I'm trying to keep, <laughs> trying to keep track of their kids. It would be easier if it. Well, maybe it would be harder, but I think it would be easier personally if everyone didn't name their kid the same name as them. But you know, that's just me personally. I think that just makes it more confusing. Oh uh, my god! I'll never forget. I'll never forget when, uh, and he was just a kid, so you can't blame him. But when, like, eleven-year-old, like Bronny James was like, he was like, "Oh, I wear. I don't wear my father's shoes because, like, I don't want people to know that I'm his son." And they're like, <laughs> "Your your name is LeBron James Jr." <laughs> yeah, you're going by. There's like, only one Bron in the NBA, yeah. and you're going by Bronny. So, uh, I. I think that's you. I, I, I think that you're LeBron's son. I, um, there's no doubt in my mind, even if you weren't wearing his shoes. 
Uh, that's funny. No, but we'll see. Uh, I, I like I like your pick of of Mello. I'm gonna have to stick with Zebo though. Hopefully, one of those guys ghost will join. Baller. What's up? A ghost baller? Oh yes, Zebo. Yes, hands down. I I feel like that one's a little bit more realistic. But I would love to see Mello still playing for Ball Hawks. I know I that's been he like he's definitely not. Um, I can almost. <laughs> Like I like I would if I was a betting man I would bet money that he isn't going to just for the pure fact of after playing a full NBA season plus playoffs which I'm assuming Portland's making the playoffs um not he's, right not, he's not going to play the big three I bet they they turn it around no I do too I'm just saying technically not right now yeah that's true yeah I'm I don't I don't think Mel will either but there's always you know that that open window of hope that we have to have. That's as a big true. podcast, so Mello. If any, the funny part would be like, what if Mello does join and it's not Ball Hogs? <laughs> what, if Mello, what if Mello joins and he, and he sucks? <laughs> like he's just terrible. It's like we you wanted him for the, like the past three years and he just sucks. Um, that would be funny, no doubt. Well, all right, let's get into the Rob High interview. I think everyone will enjoy this. And thank you to everyone who supported the podcast in 2019. We hope to bring you even better content in 2020. Hopefully we get to talk to more players. Hopefully Will and I meet up and we get to meet at one of these live events for sure. That's probably our goal right now. Definitely. Uh, I appreciate anyone's support. If you want to continue to support the show or our endeavors, we do have a Patreon page set up and we do have a support page set up on Anchor. So that would be greatly appreciated. Um, obviously no one has to help us out if they don't, if they don't have, want to, or they don't have the money to do it, but just greatly appreciated as we're willing to continue to excel this thing and hopefully be at more live events, be more, um, be more like in depth with our analysis and, and just ultimately have a better experience or give a better experience and, and talk about a better experience on the show. So I uh, appreciate everyone's support and hope everyone has a good holidays. Let's get Happy to the holidays, rock. everybody. All right, joining us via Skype is one of the few lefties in the big three and a tri-state staple, Rob Flight Height. Appreciate you joining the show, man. What's What's going on? Appreciate you guys having me on. Man, we got, uh, you know, I was actually, when I see your name, I I see Rob Flight in there. I'm like, I realize now, like, we have two guys who have have Flight in their name. You got James Flight White and Rob Flight Flight Flight. Height. Yes, sir. (laughs) Y'all talk about that at all when you play each other? <clears throat> no, nah, ne- you know what's crazy? We've never even really talked about it. But, uh, you know, we both definitely used to fly. I, did- I wasn't flying like James. James was, <laughs> was, was on another another planet. But uh, we both used to fly. And, it, it, you know, the names, the nicknames yeah. definitely definitely make sense. Yeah, for sure. And, and, I mean, no one's flying like James anyway. So. No, nobody. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that dude's, that dude's crazy. Uh, he's got crazy hops. Um but yeah, thanks for joining the show. Uh, we're you know super big fans, obviously, of what you what you bring to Tri State and what you did, especially this year, man. I mean, you having to come on later in the season and then you know just kind of what you were able to bring to the table in terms of like helping them yeah. uh, down the stretch, you know, like try to make that playoff run. I thought that was super dope. And let's talk. Let's like rewind it back like a couple of years. Like, how did you first get involved with the big three? Uh, when did you first hear about it? And you know, like what um, made you want to be a part of it? I actually heard about it the first season. Uh, uh, actually, from I think it was Roger Mason that told me. 
told me to come try out, and I just was at a different place in my life. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to play three and three. Was kind of considering going back to, you know, really trying to play five and five again somewhere. And uh, I didn't try out. And the second season came around. You know, I watched the first season a little bit, and I was like, man, this looks pretty dope, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, went back, went to tryouts the second year, and, you know, the rest is history. Man, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I thought the kind of the same thing. I feel like I kind of got late into the action. Like, Will over here for Big 3 News, he's been, he's stuck with it since the very beginning. He's been into nice. it. And nice. I feel like, for me, I caught on a little late. Like, I was kind of like you, like, watching a little bit, like, oh, this is dope, and outside looking in, and really wanted to be a part of it and be able to cover it a little bit more. Right. Well, so your first uh, draft, or I'm sorry, your first combine was in season two. What was that experience like? Do you feel like the competition from there uh, in season two draft or before draft, pre-draft, and the end of last year has significantly changed? Yeah, for sure. Like the second year, a lot of great players, of course, big names. Um, and it, it still was – it was the second season, so it was still really, you know, guys – they knew, but they didn't know. Like, like third season was way different. Um, everybody wanted to come play. Second season was a lot of talent, and I just wanted to come in shape because I knew a lot of guys wouldn't come in, come in shape. But, <laughs> um, I just wanted to come in shape, man. I, I stayed in gym. I stayed working out anyway. And, uh, you, you know, I just came ready to play, and I was aggressive and played my game and, you know, made, made a dent, man, because uh, a lot of guys had forgot about Rob Pike. A lot of guys had – didn't know where I was, if I was still playing, what was going on. I just wanted to make an impression, and I did that. Absolutely. At the Combine um, for season two, when did it become apparent that uh, you're going to get picked up by Dr. J? Did they kind of let you know beforehand, or was it when you first heard your name called? Um, I actually – I didn't know who, who was going to pick me up. I, I got a lot of great feedback from the guys, from Kenya Martin and, and, and Steven Jackson. And, you know, I talked to Doc. Uh, you know, Clyde Drexler, a lot of those guys. I got a lot of great feedback, but I didn't know which team was going to pick me up when um, until no, – I didn't even know until I got my, until my name was called. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was – I was prayer. I thought – actually, I thought it was going to be GP. I thought oh, really? I thought those guys were going to pick me up. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it worked out, man. I I'm happy, you know, where I landed with those guys at Tri-State and Nate and Jermaine, J.O. and Amari, um, you know, the first season. And, you know, to come back the second season with the same team, that, that, that was super dope. Yeah, and, like, just to get kind of more into it, what was it like playing with those guys? Like, how's Dr. J as a coach, you know, uh, just – I guess let's just start J with that, yeah. Dr. J is the, the Denzel basketball. The Denzel yeah. Watch to the basketball, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> super cool, like – a guy that we all look up to and grew up admiring. You know, he was Jordan before Jordan in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and just to be able to be around somebody like that, you know, in, in that in that setting and be able to, you know, talk about life and business and different things with with a guy like him is, you know, that's that's priceless, man. What's his approach as a coach? You know, I mean, obviously, He's real cool and calm, and collective, yeah. man. Just you know, giving us a few pointers here and there. Yeah, but we, we're all pros. You know, we've all played this game. For sure. Um, and, you know, he would just give us a little expertise on things he sees and some things he thought might work, um, you know, him and his assistant. And, uh, you know, just let us really go out there and just do what we do. Yeah. What um, I feel like – so for – I feel like most of the teams, like, we really recognize the head coach. But for Tri-State, you know, his assistant really came into play more. Obviously, he was a coach 
um, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out what his name is. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But I feel like his name and him, you know, just as a coach and the big three came into more prominence because he actually had to uh, step in for Dr. J at one point. Um, yeah. I think there's yeah, I mean, season did, two, right? He did a lot more to X and O's, X's and O's with us anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was more the X and O guy and, you know, talking about plays and, and different defensive schemes and things like that. That was that was what he did and what he brings to the table. Do you feel like, too, that the guys in season three really took it more serious? Like you said, in season two, they really were laid back. You didn't think people come in shape. You feel like in season three, they really season, they season changed three, their mindset? Season two made the guys come back season three more ready. Yeah. Um, you know, they everybody came in shape. Everybody came to play. And then they, you know, they uh, <clears throat> increased the age. Well, lowered the age, the age limit. So, you know, guys knew if I didn't come, if they didn't come to shape, these young guys are gonna kick their butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah season three was was a different. It was a whole different animal, and it was just a lot more guys there trying out. So then, so now, what are you expecting for season four? Honestly, I don't know what to expect, man. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I'll wait to see. You know, if they add more teams or, um, all I know is it's gonna be an amazing season. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are looking forward to it. A lot more guys are going to want to play, so they're going to have an issue. It's a good issue, but they're going to have an issue as far as figuring out how to narrow it down um, with the invites to to the combine. Yeah, I mean, I know it, you know it's not even Christmas yet, and we already got guys declaring. Like I know, uh, who was it? Uh, Romeo Travis said he was joining. Uh, Mo Charlo said he was joining, and you know it's just kind of crazy because before even season three, we didn't really hear anything until like you know. January, February. Now, right. you know, it ain't even right. 2020 yet, and these guys are already coming in. So I think exactly what you said. It's going to be a good problem to have, but there's going to be so many guys in this draft pool. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be too many. It was too many last year. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be too many, but, uh, you know, we'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and, you know, the league is growing. It's, it's growing maybe too fast. But okay. It's really growing fast, man. Um, you know, and they're trying to expand in, into – international waters so yeah. yeah you know it's it's a lot man it's a lot behind the scenes that, that a lot of work to be done and things that they're doing that you know we'll hear more about in in the you know the first quarter of the year and so do you think uh do you think now obviously you have an edge over all these new guys coming in just because you're so familiar with the big three would, got two seasons would, under your belt i would like to hope so yeah you know? um but you never know this is a you know all all of us are our colleagues friends and some guys are closer than others so you know, if you have an opportunity to get your friend, pick your friend up. Yeah, I got you. And ready to play, you know, that might happen. So, you know, I'm I'm aware of that. I'm ready for that. But, you know, I would love to come back with my tri-state guys and, and make a run for this thing because I think we had a really good team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like, you know, Tri-State, it was kind of like a rocky start, obviously. They had the a couple of deactivations with uh, yeah. with J.O. and then Bonzi, which was super unfortunate. I mean, not only for those two guys, but, like, also Lamar. And I uh, can't think of who else off the top of my head. Uh, Baron Davis. Baron Davis. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it was unfortunate for all of those guys at the same. But you coming in, uh, kind of, I feel like really elevated the team a little bit. You gave them a little bit more spark. Um, what do you feel like down well, that's the stretch? You were that's able what I to? wanted to do, man. Yeah. I just wanted to give a spark. Uh, come in, be aggressive, offensively, defensively, and uh, you know, just do what I do, man. What I what I've been doing my whole career: shoot, shoot the ball, score the ball, and uh, you know, being able to guard guys a little bit bigger than me, 
um, all that stuff, man, and just just do whatever I could to help the team <clears throat> make that playoff push. And I think we should have been in the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs are a little like it's a little gray area, right? I mean, it, I know it's like a points for thing, but it, it was kind of weird in how there was like four teams that were the same record, and they. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like there was like some there was like a team that beat another team, but that team didn't get in because yeah, they had I, less points for. I mean, it was a little weird, man. I definitely felt like, you know, based on how we finished the season, the teams that we did beat, um, when I was there and wasn't there, I I, I think we should have had a spot in that playoffs. But you know, it didn't work out. Next year, hopefully, we keep you know the same team or similar. And uh, yeah, you know, if I'm there, especially if I'm there from the beginning of the season, man, I think we can really make a strong push um, to win the whole thing. Yeah, and so uh, kind of taking a step back to Tri-State's team last year, uh, kind of touch on Nate Robinson, how he sort of went from, you know, he just completely redefined his role into one of the better, or actually the best last year bench player, uh, winning the fourth man of the year award. You know, yeah. can you touch on that a little bit? How did that change things? <clears throat> it, actually, when, when Doc switched up the lineup and put me in the starting lineup, um, and had Nate come off the bench, it, I think that was a huge help to the team. Um, you know, I was able to come in and just be aggressive from the start, and then Nate, then you bring a guy like Nate, who's a walking bucket, you know, off the bench. Yeah. Um, in there to just give you that extra spark, it was just, it, 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 it fit. It fit our team, and it, it worked out well. And uh, Nate embraced it. You know, Nate just loves to play basketball. He doesn't, he's not worried about starting and accolades and, and all that stuff. He just loves, really loves to play the game. And uh, you could tell when he plays and how passionate he is and how hard he plays. So it worked out, man. It worked out. It, it was dope. Yeah, he, he seems like a cool dude. It seems like someone that you're a, you got a pretty close relationship with in terms of like, I don't know, like the scale of like just colleagues. I feel like you guys are more like like homies or bros, you know? Yeah, that's my uh, bro. That's my dog. Man. Yeah. We, uh, you, you, you know, he just, he was just out here in Miami. We, uh, you know, kicked it while he was out here for a few days and uh, he's, he's come out here a few times. So, no, that's my guy, man. Real good dude. And I'm close. We're, close. we're all close. Amari, like, Jay, everybody, all the, all the guys in the whole big three, man, we, we really get along and, you know, value each other um, yeah. when, we're, when we're together. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I think it's weird that, like, Amari last year, he was trying out for all those teams in the NBA, and somehow they overlooked him again, you know. And, it's, you know, especially with the way he's playing in the big three, has been playing in the big three, I just – I mean, me personally, I think Will could agree with this. It's hard to believe that, like, um, he's not getting picked up, you know? And, like, I feel like the it's big three guys. It's hard to believe that Nate Robinson is not in the NBA. Martin yeah, exactly. NBA. Um, Joe Johnson, the situation with him, he should still be in the NBA. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a few guys, man, who can still play on that level who should definitely be have a roster spot. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we, we won't get into it. Um, they're not. And it sucks. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, too. And, you know, listen, it's one thing if, like, you know, you'd say, like, these guys, you know, they kind of rode on the coattails of younger guys or they sort of relied on, you know, stuff they did in the past. Nate Robinson, Stat, Joe Johnson, they're bringing it every night, you know. Every like they're, they're playing with the same intensity that they uh, played with when they were rookies. Yeah, so yeah. exactly for what you said, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of shocking that these guys didn't really get another chance after the way that they performed in the big three. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, they're getting – I mean, they're even more prepared. I mean, they're playing on a professional level all summer yeah. long, whereas, like, obviously guys are playing pickup all year long, right. and they're playing, you know, at a, at a high intensity. But, like, they're not playing, like, professionally like these guys are, which I think just ha- – sh- 
makes them more prepared. It's it's crazy. I feel like Joe should still be in the league. I think a lot of guys should still be in this league. For sure. And I'm, I'm hoping that, like, in season four, people start to acknowledge that a little bit more. Like, obviously, there's plenty of people that are trolls on 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 social media. They'll say what they want to, even if they, if they don't believe what they're saying. But I really hope that people really start to acknowledge that in season four because I think that is um, going to be, like, a tremendous boost, not only for – like the league itself, but like the players in the league, like people that really deserve that chance and want to do that. Like I know Nate personally uh, said that on in an interview that he, you know, he was fine being with the big three. He didn't want to go back to a league that didn't want him. Exactly. But for other guys that do, yeah. you know, I mean, I feel like if they deserve that chance and hopefully like the big three, you know, takes that next step and we get, we like, they, they get that, they get there in season four and guys right. are able to do that. We'll see, man. I mean, you know, all, all the big three can do is, you know, keep growing and expanding and getting yeah. these these guys that are, you know, newly removed from the league. And, you know, it's it's the exposure, you know, that people are watching, man. And, and yeah, the same thing happened with Joe Johnson. He got the opportunity and it, it didn't work out, unfortunately, which I think it should have. But uh, <laughs> look at the Pistons now. Yeah. I mean, Derek Rose is playing well, but. I yeah. think Joe Johnson would have been, been a big help to that team or any team that he goes to. No doubt. Yeah. So now talking about uh, getting guys that are fresh out of the league, uh, earlier, or I should say about a month ago, you and Nate were uh, hooping with Michael Beasley. Was there yeah. a little bit of uh, recruiting going on there for Tri-State? I mean, I talked to all my guys, like, listen, if you're not <laughs> playing or in the summertime, yeah. hey, you should come play. And Beasley, mm-hmm. you know, Beasley is another guy who should definitely, definitely yeah. be in the NBA. That dude, dude he looks he looks amazing, bro, right now. And he's in great shape. Um, you know, I hope he gets a call soon um to finish the season. But it's just crazy, man. Like I, I I can't I can't figure it out why some guys just are not getting the calls and some guys are. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling, but, yeah, you know. Do you feel like there's too much investment in young guys? I mean, in the NBA, I should say. Sometimes, you know, but especially now, more so than ever. Um, and these young guys are, are talented. I, I, you know, they, 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 they're putting in the work. But uh, these vets, man, that, that's been there, that's helped, you know, the NBA become, you know, what it is and giving these younger guys the opportunity that they have, like, like Nate, like Amari. Um, Joe Johnson, like they should be on rosters, man. Yeah. Even even the situation with Melo, I'm I'm so happy for Melo right now. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, because they he got the call and he's producing like we yeah. like we all knew he would. So it's just a matter of you know the right time, the right opportunity, and you know I hope all those guys, all these guys get that that chance again. Yeah, and I, I mean I understand that the NBA is a business, but. I think it is. I think you know now more than ever. I've seen a bunch of investment, especially in like guys come out of college or guys who somehow bypass college and come in, and they might be injured coming in through the draft. Right. And then they, you know, they invested them for two or three years. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that's just you know wasting two or three years when you probably had a bigger window and you could have signed a vet. So you know, I I'm hoping, yeah, like you're saying, in season four, some of that changes and and guys like Beasley um, and other guys who are. Near, uh, newly removed from the NBA, get that opportunity once again to to step in. Nah, for sure. Like I, especially if if I know a guy that that I know can produce, I know he's done it, he's proved it. That that's who I would go with. You know, the right. younger guys. Yes, they got talent. They're young, but 
they haven't proven anything yet and you're still, you know, willing to invest millions of dollars to, to try to hopefully get that next amazing young athlete and young player. So, you know, that's just that's where the, the, the guys' heads are are at right now. Uh, it just sucks for the, the guys who are, are vets and older and still yeah, play. For sure. Um, on to like a higher note. I think this is something that Will and I have asked every player who's been on since the offseason started. If you could have kind of a wish list of got maybe like two or three guys that you'd want to see join the uh, the big three this summer, who's kind of like who's on your mind that you think would be like, oh wow, this is really going to bring a lot of attention to the the big three in season Man, four. We we're just talking about that. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be dope for D Wade to come play. Yeah. Wow, really? You were going to ask you about yeah. D Wade because of Miami connection. We've really yeah. been hearing his name a lot. I think it would be super dope for D Wade. I, yeah. I think D Wade is a guy that, that would consider it. Really? You um, think so? Yeah, I think he would. Just for the love of the game, he still can play. It's not too strenuous on your body. Um, you know, he can still enjoy his summertime. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I, I'll tell you I, what, I from an outside perspective, from just me and Anthony talking, I when I heard that, I kind of doubted it. But from you that act that personally knows him, I'm obviously gonna take your word for it. So that would that would be awesome. I mean, yeah, really. I think it would be dope for D Wade to come play. Jamal Crawford, like he would be sick in the big three. Um, yeah. A guy like K D would be dope to see yeah. him play in the big three. I mean, it's a lot of guys. Paul Pierce, it's a lot of guys, man, that I mean, Kobe would be awesome, but we know Kobe's not gonna do it. Yeah. K yeah. <laughs> K D, oh man. I mean, the intensity he would be bringing to the big three. That's I mean, would, don't get me wrong, people would match it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. But just <laughs> the amount of, like, high intensity that's already in the league, man. I, I mean, mean, it would just be to see fun. him see KG play half court would yeah. be insane. insane. I mean, bro. You, you know what I mean? Games would end, like, 50 to, like, 22. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be able to score on that, man. <laughs> I mean, with so much like so much emphasis in like the low block too, you know, like in the big three more so yeah. than the NBA now it is. Right. I mean, I mean, just to, for him to be able to go to work like that. But when you when you were saying we, were you talking about you and Nate, or just talking about you and some of your guys you play with? Nah, I mean, some me and Nate talked about it. Um, it's a bunch of basketball guys. Period. We talked about yeah, you know, just guys who we would love to see in the big three. Like even I talked to Michael Beasley. I said, bro, you would kill the big three. He like, man, I'm still trying to play in the NBA right now. I hear that. Yeah, but I, mean, I feel that. Yeah, he still should be there, for sure. For sure, you you got to pitch that. You know, like you know, it'd be a long year, obviously, but like, yeah, this is a platform. Like, you should definitely take advantage of because you would, like you said, he would kill it. I mean, he would kill it. it. And if he he has, if he doesn't get signed this year, and he still is is not signed by the time the big three come around, I'm definitely talking to him about it. For sure. Is Beasley, he's not playing in, in China right now, right? I know he's been back and nah, forth. he's here. He's here right now working out, staying in shape. Gotcha. Um, and he looks amazing, bro. Like, it's crazy. I've always thought, man, that dude's a buck, an underrated bucket he's a, for sure. He's an underrated bucket for sure. He's That dude, I, I've loved his game from, from day one. His time with the Rockets, I felt like he, I mean, he was a guy to go to whenever you needed something, whenever stuff was kind of like slump for, for sure. everybody else. For sure. Yeah. It was definitely a guy to go to. Man, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the, the on-court – or I'm sorry, off-the-court endeavors, you know, you, you've invested your time into. Um, okay. Just based on some of your stuff I see on Instagram, like you got a couple accounts tied to your own account. 
you know, you do, it sounds like you're like a real estate agent. You know, you do a, a flight school academy. You got an athlete for art. I, I just want to start with, first of all, you being a real estate agent. Um, How'd so you get into that? I, that's something I always wanted to get into. Even, you know, I always told myself when I finished playing, I wanted to do real estate. So I tore my Achilles in 2012. I'm like, wow, basketball could be over. I could never play again. And I'm like, I got to do something else. So I started, I took the real estate course. And, uh, you know, that led me to continue to, you know, I got my license. And now I'm really focused on real estate. And uh, especially here in Miami. And, you know, this is yeah. a high place. People are always looking to move here or invest here. So it just made sense for me. And I, I enjoy doing it. I you feel do a like- lot of house flipping? More, more high-end, you know, selling. Um, yeah. <laughs> flipping. Uh, more high-end condos and homes, uh, especially down here in this market with, with my network of people that I know. Okay. That makes yeah. sense for me. Yeah. I, I feel like like professional athlete and real estate agent is such like like a dope combo too because like if someone yeah. was like showing me a house and they're like oh this this master bedroom is actually bigger than Dwayne Wade's master bedroom right. I'd be like <laughs> I'm buying this house right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and like you said out. with your network too it's like you could be selling for like for somebody you, you play with you know or you used to play with <laughs> for sure. For sure. or you, you could be turbid on the you know you can be like, uh-huh. you paid too much for that house. <laughs> nah, for sure. And that's what, you know, that was part of my reasoning too. Like, a lot of the, a lot of times they get in situations where they're not getting the best deals. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I want to get them those deals, get the, the best, the best price possible and, and the best, the best build in their neighborhood. Um, because I understand, you know, I understand that grind. I understand what they're going through, what they're looking for. And it, it just, it makes sense for me to, yeah. uh, you know, help those guys out. And it's like a competitive market as well. You know, I feel like that keeps your competitive competitiveness at a high level for sure. Yeah, right? that's another reason why I like it, man. I'm, I'm yeah. my own boss pretty much. I, you know, it's on me to, to go out and make it happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think the second thing that intrigued me the most, aside from your, your, your dual life as both a basketball player and a real estate agent, is the uh, the unique global platform that uh, is like an athlete for our? I try to look into it a little bit more, but I want you to kind of explain it in more depth and kind of what the the background about about it is. Um, so it, my uh, a friend of mine, Jamoke Mendez, started the company. Um, man, how many years ago? Maybe six or seven years ago. Maybe a little longer than that. Oh wow! And he he played basketball. He went to FIU. Um, Played a year or two professionally, got hurt, and uh, stopped playing. Worked corporate, and just all, has always been in the art. So he started his own company, Athletes for Art, basically to showcase the talents of athletes outside of the sport. So uh, not just like, um, and when you guys say art, do you mean just like in any type of design? Any type um, you of art. Know. It could be architect. It could be um, uh, that's, that's dope. painting, sculpting, singing, uh, dancing. Any type of art outside of you know, whatever sports you play, um, you know, wherever that other passion is. So he really just wanted to put a, bring a light to that. Yeah. To show people that we are more than athletes. We can do more. Um, we have more talents um, and other passions that, you know, we, we really love to do. And that could also make us, we can make a living off of as well. And where that, where uh, does he uh, showcase these? Some so of these he, lives, he lives in L.A. now, but we do events all over gotcha. the U.S. That's very cool. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, we did. We didn't do Art Basel this year. We did Art Basel the last two years. Um, or I did Art Basel with him the last two years. He's done it the last four years, I think. What's, like, a really, like, dope piece of art that, like, sticks out of you, sticks out for you that you've seen? I can't even give you one, bro. I've seen so much dope art from artists. Like, I just, Quincy Miller, um, who played with the... the, the was he was recently with. Yeah. The Baylor. Yeah, he... He uh he's a dope artist. I've been seeing a lot of his stuff on Instagram lately. Really? He's super dope, bro. Um he actually did some stuff down here this year this year for Art Basel um in Miami and he killed it. But Desmond Mason is super dope. Um we've done some stuff with a few Giants players and like, it's, it's so many like some soccer player, international soccer players huh. and rugby players and there's so many dope artists out here, bro, that are athletes as well. It's ridiculous. That's cool. And Will probably just his antennas probably just lit up when you said Giants players. He's... Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Giants guy, unfortunately. So uh <laughs> that's really cool. Well Eli looked good the other night. Yeah, yeah, for a half. You know, but yeah, <laughs> for a half. He looked good for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Believe me, I, I we could record a whole other three hour episode about my <laughs> thoughts on that, but you know. I really enjoyed the um the Nipsey hustle. Uh, piece. I, I was looking you oh. know, a little bit down the timeline, and I didn't go too far into it, you know, but I, I saw that one. And that's probably the one that really stuck out to me. I thought that was super dope. Yeah, the that. Nipsey piece is dope. Um, and uh, I can't think of her name right now. She plays soccer. She's international, though, but she, dang, what is her name? For the she's United States, dope, she plays? She's one of the dopest artists I've seen that, that's come through our, our uh, since I've been around, that's come through athletes. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's incredible. Yeah, she's super dope. She did she did a, a a painting with Muhammad Ali. No, was it Muhammad Ali? Yeah, Muhammad Ali. She did some stuff with Kaepernick that was super dope. Martin Luther King, like it was crazy. Sick. When the whole kneeling thing was going on, so yeah, she's super dope too. Man, that's incredible. Okay, the last thing. Man, you got a lot of stuff off the court. I think this is super sick. <laughs> I got, you got a lot going this, on, man. He's yeah, a renaissance sure. man. I'm surprised yeah. you found time to talk to us. That's what I'm saying. For yeah. Sure, <laughs> man. I, stay, I try to stay active, man, and become a man of, of, of all different trades. For sure. Uh, the Flight School Academy, is that essentially your nonprofit organization that you started? Yeah, so that's the for-profit, and we have a nonprofit called I Believe. It's something that okay. me and my, my business partner, Mike Pilgrim from Cincinnati, we started uh, about five years ago while I was back home in Cincinnati. Um, and it was just something that, you know, me and him were sitting, we played AAU together. So we grew up together through high school, middle school, mm-hmm. high school. And uh, he went to play at University of Cincinnati. And uh, what other school did he go to? He went to another college too. But uh, so we were just sitting around talking one day, man, like we, it's a lot of talent here in Cincinnati, but they're not getting the right exposure. And, you know, we we like, man, we got to come up with something to, to get these kids trained, get them in front of college coaches and in the right high school programs and and just get them the exposure that they need to to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, here we are. 2019, we had two kids get drafted in the first round this year, Darius Basley and Jackson Hayes. Oh, wow. Program. And then uh, 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 Romeo Langford. Yeah. He didn't come directly through our program, but we we partnered with him one one summer during AAU season, and uh, he's another kid that we 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 worked we worked with as well, um, indirectly. So, 
you know, to, to see the progress and see these kids getting sco- college scholarships and, and getting the exposure and getting the D1 schools and high D2 schools, man, it's, it's, it's a blessing, man. It's kind of surreal. Like, dang, this was just an idea. Now it's, it's really, you know, the vision we had is really coming together and, and, and happening right now. So, you know, God is good, man. And, yeah. And we do it for the kids. It's, it's no, for no other reason we could care less about, you know, making money from these kids or from programs, from sponsorships. It's all about really helping these kids get to school and get the opportunity. Man, that's incredible. And I think you have a lot of credibility. I mean, with uh, Baisley, you know, I think there was a lot of skepticism regarding, you know, what he could do and, uh, you know, him being a year off, obviously taking a different route than most people did. But nah, for him, you know, works, he works hard, man. He works yeah. hard, you know, when he was with us, when he, when he took that year off, with, you know, he was with, you know, Rich Paul and those guys, they, they, they had him working, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, he's grown a lot. He's a good kid. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the fruits of his labor are paying off right now. So, yeah, you know, that's what, that's what the program is all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And it's a great example for the, the younger kids. And, Absolutely. You know, Mike, I got to give a lot of credit to Mike Pilgrim because I'm not, I'm not in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm in Miami mostly. And he's the one really, you know, putting in the work with these guys day in, day out, and keeping these guys in the gym, keeping them straight to school. Um, you know, that's my guy, man. I, and I love yeah. him. I appreciate everything he's doing. Yeah, shout out to Mike for sure. And shout out, I mean – I mean, Darius Baisley is, is the best example you could give. I mean, first-round pick, obviously, playing a bunch for the Thunder right now. Right. So, I think that's Jackson, super dope. Even Jackson Hayes. Jackson yeah. Hayes was in Cincinnati, sitting on the bench his freshman year. The college co- His coach wouldn't play him. Um, had a lot of talent, just wouldn't play him. We got him transferred out of there. He end up, ends up getting a scholarship to Texas one year, one and done. Gets out of there, gets drafted first round. And I think he's going to have an amazing NBA career. Yeah, I'm Man. high on Jackson Hayes. I yeah. think he's gonna be great for New Orleans. Yeah, for sure. He, he's had to play a lot more early on too, but I think he's just he's just really like integrated himself early on. Yeah, I but mean, that's gonna that's gonna help him a lot, man. That's gonna help his yeah. process. Yeah, he's such like a raw more. athletic talent. Such a raw talent, man. And and once he really figures it out, puts a little muscle on, and yeah, and 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 you know stays stays to work on that offensive game, man. That guy is gonna be he's gonna be a problem. Yeah, his defense is already killer right now. I mean. Yeah. I think that uh, the D-League block he had and, and the picture that was t- taken, I mean, that's iconic for anybody who runs through the summer league right now. For sure. Yeah. He's had two monster dunks, like, already. Yeah. Like, the kid's going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that. And, I mean, that's, I mean, super dope, like I said. And, and a lot of credibility and a lot of shout-out to what you guys and you and Mike have put together at that, at that camp for sure. No, um, I appreciate that, man. Final question before you go, because – you know, the hard part about the big three is that there can be a lot of teams that split up throughout, you know, throughout yeah, each season, yeah. whether or not you, if, you know, whether or not you make the championship or you're just shy of it. Right. If there was a team, you know, I, I know you would hate to be split off from Tri-State. And I don't think, you know, teams are necessarily trying to split each other up or anything. They just want whoever the best guy they can get, you know. Um, but if you if there was a team that you had to go to other than Tri-State right now, who would who would be kind of like someone on your on your list? Um, man, who would I go to? I would, <clears throat> I would love to play with either, you know, GP. That GP was my teammate in Miami when I played with the Heat. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely wouldn't mind playing with them. Uh, you know, if I if it, if I was to get split up from Tri State or, you know, Drew Gooden and those guys. Okay. Uh, uh, Three's company with, with yeah. DJ. You know, those are my guys too. And I grew I grew up watching DJ 
Demar Johnson, because uh, I'm I'm from Cincinnati and he played in Cincinnati, so I okay. I love his game and uh, that team he played with. You know, with Kenny Martin and Kenny Satterfield and mm-hmm. those guys had a squad, man. Yeah, so I, just, <laughs> I would love. Yeah, to, I wouldn't mind playing with those guys as well. Man, you would fit in perfectly, I think, for both those teams. You know, um, obviously on Three Headed Monsters, they're a team that's been in the playoffs. Every yeah. every year right now, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time before they win a championship. And uh, obviously for Three's company, like what happened with their team has been super important. Yeah. That's that, and that was right. my guy, man. I, yeah, that's super sad, bro. And I, you know, shout out to his family, man. For still praying, you know, for their strength and, and this time, man, because that that's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's unbelievable. And um, obviously someone that. Uh, gonna remember and honor i hope they you know I, and i think they will i don't want to say i hope but i think they will honor him in the right in the right way most definitely uh in season four for sure uh but you know yeah, yeah definitely a tough loss but i think uh, honestly you, that would be a good fit for you as well there at three's company um uh, and you know filling another guard world there that they're missing so right that would be sick i mean i mean i'm looking forward to see you and seeing you in season four and and seeing which team you land on, I mean, it'd be weird to see you on any other team than Tri-State. It would be weird. It You're would, a Tri-State guy. Weird, yeah. Like, you know, Nate, those, Amari, those my guys. Jay Rich, Doc, Dr. J, those my guys. Man, I, would, I would hate to break that team up. but For sure. Know, anything is possible, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, no, I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah. I absolutely. appreciate you coming on, Rob. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, Anytime. stay healthy. Uh, enjoy the off season as well. It's the longest off season in professional sports. Now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, right. So make sure you're kicking it in Miami, but also uh, you know stay healthy and uh, best of luck to you moving forward. Definitely, man. Thank catch you, man. back up. But for sure, happy holidays to you too. Happy hey, holidays. happy holidays. All right, fellas. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.